Welcome to Be Happy, a podcast by the Hepatitis B Foundation discussing all things related to Hepatitis B. It's your host, Bright and Anusha. And today we are joined by Monu, one of the JSB storytellers, to discuss his story and other related topics. Monu, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Monu Flomo, and I am an international student here in the U.S. I originate from Liberia, West Africa. Thank you. All right, Manu, can you share a little bit about who you are and where are you from and what brought you to the United States and what you are studying as an international student here in the United States? I'm from Liberia, West Africa. I am from a family of just two, my sister, my two sisters and I, and I have a dad, lost my mom when I was like one year old. I came to the U.S. on a student visa in 2018 obtained bachelor's in biology and chemistry. And right now I'm at another university studying my master's in nursing. That's so nice. So what, what is something about Liberia that you would like people to know about? I, I My guess is you probably grew up, you spent most of your time in Liberia. So mm-hmm. if there's something you want, people who don't know Liberia to, to kind of know, yeah. you know what, what is something you want to share? Liberia is one of the oldest countries in Africa, specifically West Africa. Um, Liberia gained its independence since 1847. So the slaves that were taken from like the Caribbean, Iceland, America, and Europe, they were taken back to Liberia. Okay. And then there were all the people there, but then when France and Great Britain were taken, like annexing the land from Liberia, Mm-hmm. That's when they decided to gain their own independence. So Liberia is is the second country apart from Ethiopia that gained its independence without colonization. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know they were it was that long ago since Liberia. I mean eighteen hundred. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's a long time. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, we learned something new about the the history of Liberia. But that sounds very interesting. So you recently participated in the foundation's Just Be Storytelling campaign. Do you want to share a little bit about how that came about, what that experience was like for you? It has been proving that a heavy is very prevalent in Africa. So so many people have it and they don't even know. I did not know. And when I got accepted into a world-class institution, they... I was accepted with like a lot of scholarship and stuff based on my credential and everything. But when it reached to that part of the compliance package, they tried to like rescind my acceptance. And then I have fought so hard to get here. So hard. I single-handedly took care of my undergrad by myself, bushcraft everything to get here. You're not going to kick me out of something that I know I'm qualified for without me fighting. I would rather fight and fail than sit and don't do anything. So when I informed the head of admissions that that was the problem I had, um, enrollment rather than admissions, and she was like, oh, well, it's a problem, but let me contact X, Y, and Z. Contacted them, contacted them, contacted them. So my uh, health information started going out and out to people who had no idea or who did not even need to know about it because they were not able to contribute anything to the solution. 
So that was when I Googled this, the foundation and I reached out to Catherine. Catherine was very helpful with me. And the variable is significantly low. CDC recommendation is in 2000 and I was just nine. Nine. Nine, nine even 10, 15, 20. So what I did was I searched, because I'm from a legal background. My grandfather was a, a senior counsel at law. So I know a lot of those things. So I like, there should be some sort of legal way here to defend myself somehow. So when I Google, like there, there have been several precedent cases where the uh, court decided that it is discriminative to prevent people from participating in health sector who has this condition. So it's also a violation of, I think, Title V and Title Seven. And then I also, in the email, I wrote them cautioning them to stop spreading my health information to people, which is a violation of HIPAA and especially a renowned institution as that. And I also gave the guidelines of CDC, which I believe they know, but maybe had no interest in wanting to know because it's their program. And then I cited the case law. I cited a violation of Title I think Title Five and Title Seven. And then also cases where the court ruled in favor of the person who had that condition suing the school. They had this, is, it, had, it was stated that it was mandatory that if a school discriminates a person with this condition, will have to pay their entire tuition and give them 70000 And I even cited the DOJ letter and as well as the Secretary of Education at, um, back then in everything I said, I stated, and then CC capturing on the email and send an email. And my doctor also had to write a note, say, I don't even need vaccination. And Catherine also wrote him an email. At the end of the day, they relented and then they let me in the program. Wow. That sounds like you had a huge battle on your hand. Uh, sure did. <laughs> it doesn't look like it was an easy battle. I mean, how going from someone who is given admission and then all of a sudden you are being told uh sorry about the admission you, you can't have it because of some medical problem and then mm -hmm. to go from there and then have your personal health information being tossed around from one person to another without any permission i mean it's insane that this is happening in this country you know you would think stuff like this will be happening somewhere else and mm -hmm. we as Americans will be standing up and trying to advocate for change in those countries but it, it saddens mm -hmm. me to know that these things are happening right here so how do we advocate when it happens somewhere else you know it, it's very frustrating anytime I hear stuff like this it, it's very frustrating and it annoys me a lot that in 2020 2021 2022 2023 this stuff is still happening it, it's it makes no sense it makes no sense to me at all so by the way how did you how did they find out that you have was it part of the uh, no yeah, it was part of a requirement you have requirement to, to get tested yes oh, okay the funny thing is they're not going to test you for hiv and all those things <laughs> but they're going to test you for that they're not going to discriminate against you if you have hiv but if you have that <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So they, they don't test for HIV, but they recommend you having Hep B testing. Mm -hmm. And then they are 
It makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. At least let the person screen for everything and then you go from there. But is it their point of view that her be is... The... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't really know. But in cases like that, you should post it on your website. Mm -hmm. Say it is mandatory that this or that. But if someone reached to the point where it has come to like the final conclusion for being into the program mm -hmm. and then you'd be like, oh, we cannot. After I paid my deposit, paid everything, went to hospital, paid for this and that, and you try to receive, stay on the website, say, if you have this, you're not going to get our program. At least it is there. But they're not going to say it because they know it's illegal to do it. <laughs> so when you get there and you don't know, education is very important. Education is the key. Had it not been so where I would go and search, I was just going to be like, okay, no problem. I will let it go. But yeah. no. And this is for the nursing program or a different program? The, the nursing program. The way I heard it is being done in all of the health things, like medical school, yeah. DO school, all those schools. But it's illegal. I mean, it's illegal. Like you said, we had a lady on, I think, two years ago. She was actually the one from the DOJ who wrote, who sued a university and got that ruling. And she wrote, she was behind that legal document you cited from DOJ. That is, mm -hmm. is illegal to say we are not accepting someone into our program because the person has a B. I can't remember her name now. So I'm, I'm surprised. I'm even uh, taking transfer to another school. I do not like that school. Yeah, I, I, would, since, I would have done the same. Since, since I was in the program, mm -hmm. the very first day, the lady who tried to rescind my application, my acceptance, when she saw me in the corridor, she was like, well, you're here now. And I said, yes, I'm here. And she's like, I hope you're ready. And I'm like, yes, I'm ready. She's like, don't be too short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, I, I'm glad you, you, you find another institution that, that will accept you and treat you well because, I don't know, I, I think they just, everything was done wrong. I mean, they really wronged you and it should never happen. Yeah, and I just want to really commend you, Manu, for how you handled this whole situation because I know there are a lot of people who would be in that situation and would just accept whatever the decision of that university was and you obviously did and you did your research you know about the laws and you went to the foundation for help and it's so important not just for you but like for everyone because not a lot of people like even people who are citizens of the united states know about hipaa or the protections that people have towards not discriminating against people with hepatitis b in the united states whether it's school or educational opportunities or employment opportunities we have those protections to prevent that kind of discrimination and reduce and end stigma against hepatitis B. And, you know, like you mentioned, there really is no reason for someone who is positive for hepatitis B to not become a healthcare professional, especially when you look at your viral load, when you're, you know, monitored in care, you understand your diagnosis and everything. And it, it truly is very important for people to take charge of their health. And I think one of the things that we tirelessly work at at the foundation here is just getting these stories out. And, you know, we always urge people to report any or any and every case of discrimination that they experience, whether it's global or in the United States, because it's so important for us to highlight these issues 
so we can create a, a society that's free of stigma against hepatitis B. So I really commend you. I think it's very brave how you handle this whole situation. You did your own research and you knew about your rights and you actually fought for them. So it's it's very inspiring to see how you how you did that. I was about to sue them. <laughs> that was my next move. <laughs> to sue them. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it's so unfortunate that they know they know the law and they still don't abide by it. it, it it's such an unfortunate situation. And uh, just to echo what Anusha said is like I think what was helpful in your situation was not giving up and not just accepting what they were offering you and just saying, okay, I'm just going to go away. But you standing your ground and uh, speaking truth to power and, you know, just fighting for what is right. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm still confused about the whole ordeal. I mean, I am not the one who directly experienced it, but I can tell you already what I would have done if I were... I was in that situation. I probably would have gone even further than you did. Maybe they might probably arrest me for what is here to come. You know, it's insane. It's just insane that stuff like this still happens today. You know, and and it's so frustrating when when I I, I, re I receive I receive a I receive a lot of, of fight back from them. There were a lot of students in the program that I know who were owing a lot of money. Mm -hmm. They were going, but they dropped my classes when I was owing a few thousand. They dropped all of my classes. <laughs> Since I've been in that school, like, they've been coming for me and coming for me. Because what I've seen, not only America, mm -hmm. if you fight the system and, like, they will think that you make fool of them or maybe you mm -hmm. should not know at all. And if you know, that's a problem. Then why put the, the, the information out there if we can follow it? And we follow it is a problem. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. That's what happened. So that's why I'm leaving the school. Because like they've been coming for me and coming for me. I haven't been at peace in that school at all. Well, I'm I'm glad it's their loss because yeah, it's their loss, and I'm happy and glad that you found another school that will treat you as a human being and and accept you for who you are without. You know, having to deal with that. I mean, going to school alone is stressful. So you don't need those extra stress in any way. You know, so I'm glad you find another school that that is uh, very good as well. So growing up in Liberia, what would you say was the? I don't know if you were involved in uh, health stuff in in Liberia, but what what would you say was the perception? in Liberia when it comes to talking about viruses and like herpes and, and liver cancer or stuff like that? Was there a conversation that it was open for people to talk about or was there a taboo subject where they say, no, you can't talk about that? Or how was, how was it like? It's not a taboo. It's like, it's just ignorance to something. Not in a disrespectful way. Mm -hmm. I think getting the message out there a cousin of mine died from hepatitis B. And one of the ideology there is that mm -hmm. if you have a hep B, they think like, oh, you have to drink this and drink this medication. Don't take injection and all this and all that. So you don't go to the hospital because mm -hmm. you fear that they're going to give you injection, which mm -hmm. is false. <laughs> and then they're going to give you a lot of country herbs to take in, and then what happens is they're going to stress your liver out. Your liver is already being inflamed. 
It cannot metabolize this thing. You're causing it to cause more inflammation. At the end of the day, that's how my cousin died. So that's, 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 that's why. Look on the contrary from the heavy, I work with an organization called the Center for Environmental and Public Health Research. Mm-hmm. Right before I graduated high school and during high school, we will go around educating people about, you know, malaria is one of the number one cause of death in Africa, in West Africa. A lot of people know that. So we go around educating people on like, encouraging them to use their mosquito net, mosquito like dirty water. So if water around your mm-hmm. house, try to irrigate it, get it, get rid of it, get rid of every trash around there, use a mosquito net. If you have any signs and symptoms of malaria, of, of malaria, go to the clinic. And one of the main hindrance to that progress was getting the information out there and transportation, road mm-hmm. network, and all of those things. So we used to get on bike, going out there. And fast forward when I graduated, no, it was the same time I was about to. That was when the Ebola virus hit. Mm-hmm. So we will like go around educating people again about this. So where cars cannot reach, where the government cannot reach, we go there because Liberia has just recovered from civil war. Mm-hmm. And so like the healthcare se- sector is, is like developing, let me put it that way, is developing. So we'll go around educating people. So right now I talk with Catherine because I'm, I'm her, I'm a, a research support fellow with Catherine. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to Liberia. I've spoken with the Minister of Health. She also spoke with Catherine. So I'm going there to get some information for the foundation as to how we can help uh, prevent or just getting the message out there for hepatitis B. So yeah. pretty much that's what growing up in Liberia like about hepatitis B is just the ignorance. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I find it very interesting. So it sounds like Liberia is not unique in that in that aspect because i'm from ghana and ghana ghanaians tend to have the same misconceptions and you know they, they have this strange take on staff you know and, and like like you said i think that is true that this is born out of ignorance lack of awareness and education about these diseases because people are scared that if someone have her b is because they have been drinking but a lot of time, these people yeah. don't even drink. So how, just based on that, how did they get it? You know, and then sometimes some people also have this idea, if you have a B, that means you might have been promiscuous. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, you know, <laughs> no. If that's the case, everybody would have problems, you know. But it's just this problem. And it's, it's doing a lot of harm. It's doing a lot of harm. So I'm... I'm very glad to hear that you have been involved in research and you'll be going back to gather some sort of information. And hopefully, I hope as time goes on, education and awareness will be able to reach Liberia and other parts of the continent where we can change this behavior because it is just not good. It's not good at all. You know, it's killing innocent people. Innocent people are dying and it doesn't seem like we are able to reach the people who need the help because of this barrier, this barrier of misconception and strange belief system about diseases and stuff, you know. So I, I, I agree with you that education, education is important in this area. Is and hopefully we can get more education and raise more awareness about hepatitis B everywhere on the continent. Because, like you said, that's one of the biggest problems we have on the continent. 
is have be killing young people. It's killing a lot of young lives. You know, I think here in the U.S., liver cancer related to have B is like the third on the on the list of uh, uh, on the third on the list in Africa. That's number one. Liver cancer is number one in Africa, and, and a lot of it is related to hepatitis B. But yes, still people think it's a joke. People think it's not true. It's something that someone has cooked up somewhere. And yes, I mean, it's just so strange. It's like I, I just sometimes I try to understand how people think, you know, and it's difficult to really come to a conclusion like what exactly is going on in people's mind because they can see this stuff themselves, you know. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah and I just want to point out, especially when you mentioned about how your cousin's diagnosis was managed by the the medical providers there we need so much more awareness and educational outreach not just among the public who is at risk for contracting hepatitis b and liver cancer but also like among healthcare workers among medical providers and other healthcare professionals to be able to properly understand hepatitis b which can be such a complicated virus to understand and then also to treat it and manage it in an effective way and i i really do think we need more resources to focus on that especially in liberia and other parts of the world where hepatitis b and liver cancer are such huge public health issues yes so what do you think or what do you plan look at your future now you you went from the sciences to now nursing what what do you plan to do in the future once you graduate what what, what is what is your goal and I want to go to medical school and become a hepatologist. That's that's cool. We need more hepatologists. So thank you for thinking about that. <laughs> Hopefully we can encourage more people to become hepatologists as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's such an, an underrated field and we certainly need True. a lot more hepatologists and especially understanding, you know, just how the liver works. It's such an important organ in our body. So would you, just one question for you, would you say that your interest in becoming a hepatologist or just getting involved in the medical field, did that stem from your diagnosis with hepatitis B or did you always have that intention? Initially, my plan was to go into a neuro, like a neurosurgeon because my mom passed away from just a headache. So because of that, it drew me closer to that field. And also my cousin passed away from epilepsy. So because of that, it drew me closer to it. But when it came to this hepatitis thing that involved me, it became kind of a little bit more personal. And that's what really drew me closer to it. And so that would be my reason why, my, myself, my experience. So, yeah. Yeah, and those are definitely like inspiring reasons, especially when something affects you personally. Um, you're more likely to want to do something about it and bring positive change in that area. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing, and we are we we are glad, and we all wish you all the best to everything as you go through the process. And we hope to see you soon, graduated as a hepatologist with your own yeah, I, 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 I pray. <laughs> with your own clinic or whatever you intend to do with it. You know, everything going well, and you coming on top and be successful and help treat. Not just have B patients, but other people with other liver problems and make a huge impact in, in, in our world and our society. So I know you, you had a lot of experience that 
uh, let me put it mildly, wasn't appetizing, wasn't really great at all. <laughs> so based off that, what, what advice will you give to anyone, anyone who is listening to us and uh, might have gone through similar stuff or is right now facing something like that? What, what, what would you encourage that person to do? Education is the key. In, in situations like that, just like firstly find a community that best align with what you're going through to help you out. And then search. There's some way, somehow, there's a loophole that can actually save you. And don't give up fighting whatever you want, no matter like whatever obstacle you may face or whatever thing that comes your way. If you want it, go for it and don't let no one come between there. So I will leave this with this quote that how we treat a person during their darkest hour is the benchmark of humanity. I did not get that from my school. So don't give up. Well said. And once again, I want to thank you for joining us today and sharing this experience with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, and I just want to echo that as well. Thank you so much for being with us here today. And we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. From the conversation we had today, I have no doubt that you're going to make a remarkable hepatologist and do great in the medical industry. So I hope you have a great time at school and good luck with your studies. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please subscribe for future episodes about Hepatitis B. If you have any questions, please direct them to info at hepb.org. You can support our programs at the Hepatitis B Foundation by going to www.hepb.org slash donate or click on the links provided on this page. We appreciate your support. Stay tuned for more episodes.